Welcome to the Bloody Broads Pod. We are your Bloody Broads. I'm Bob Nostroma. And I'm Jamie Howard. We are your horror guides from page to screen and everything in between. And this week, we're going to take a look at M. Night Shyamalan's latest film, Old. (laughs) (laughs) This was one of, this was the first horror movie I saw in theaters during the pandemic, actually. Really? Did this come out before or after Candyman? This came out before Candyman. This came out, um, I want to say July, but let's find out. (laughs) Give it a googs. Yeah, but I uh, I definitely, this was one, I think this was like the first one I saw, because I remember it was one of the first saw, movies I saw in theaters in general during, like when theaters opened yeah. back up. I can't remember what I saw, because everything is such a blur. Um, shout out, no working memory. July um, 23, Nice. What was yeah. I, I don't even remember what I was doing. Probably working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... This movie has been memed to death on the internet. Yes. Um, I have a friend who's like, you've intrigued me. Cause I did watch this <laughs> last night, finally. And boy, did I have uh, a ride with this one. <laughs> Listeners, were- I'm going to take responsibility right off the top. This one was my <laughs> idea to fit our theme because this, we are in lovely March by the time this releases and uh, welcome to our fun in the sun month. <laughs> Our copper tone commercial month. Yes. Um, I mean, listen. In which the little copper tone girl ages. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Can I just imagine her being like an old woman instead of a cute well, little girl? The little girl, the little girl looked like the little copper tone girl too. She did. So that was Kara, the that youngest. Kara. Yeah, she was precious. I gotta say. Props to this movie for just constantly repeating the kids' names because yes. this is the first time I've ever been able to pop off a character's name from a movie that I've only seen once. Like, yes. okay, so right off the jump, I just want to address, I say it all the time and I'm probably going to get some snarky comments for this. I always say that <laughs> horror is the inevitable. So you would think, you know, aging, something that inevitably happens in life, would scare me and I would be into this movie because it's how I've defined horror so many times. So deeply incorrect. Uh, this Insert movie was... Jamie Lee Curtis Freaky Friday gift here. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. Um, I thought this movie was Sloppy Joe's. I, there were so, the plot was all over the place. The details were all over the place, which is not something I expect from M. Night Shyamalan at all. I expect some no, kind of No, his like, details are usually very tight. Yeah, I mean, Lady in the Water. Also, I'm a The Village stan, so... Same. We love The Village here at this pod. Do not at us. <laughs> we will We will eventually cover it. Um, it is one of my favorite chapters in the book that is full core. But I don't know, y'all. This did not click with me at all. I mean... I don't know. This was one where like, I don't know if it was because it was the first time I was able to go to the theaters in so long that I, it has a, like, I'm not as negative on it as like, I probably should be because it was more like, I get to see cinema. I know. So beautifully shot. You just, you recreated the Nicole Kidman uh, AMC commercial. Yes. It was just (laughs) like, 
but also it would like added that layer of like it's the middle of july and i wish i was on a beach i know i know even if it, even if it aged me like my entire life in a day so i will say that there were parts of this movie where i was genuinely scared which is nice it's refreshing it was tiny yeah pockets. like i spent most of the movie going like is this a body horror is this a psychological horror is it both i mean they, los dos. like can be but i don't think it did either very well i mean i take that back outside of the scene where they cut the tumor out of uh prisca mm. that yeah. was body horror and it was disgusting and i liked it um yeah. and and also <laughs> um i forgot crystal in the cave yeah oh, oh the yeah, m- okay yeah, that's it okay <laughs> So when they kept, that's one of my favorite tropes in horror is like your flashlight keeps bouncing on and off. And like, it's like cut scenes of the horror or in their case, you know, like you're striking matches and you're only seeing a couple of feet ahead of you. And this thing is getting closer and closer to you. When the daughter says it's already healed and, you know, healed incorrectly. It's already set incorrectly about her arm breaking. Yeah. The mom's arm. I was like, okay, they're going to start doing it to like her legs. And like, eventually she'll just stop be able to move wrong they made Mm -hmm. her look like um yeah yeah yeah. they made her look like betty spaghetti with like i don't know why they made her look like a stiff mr fantastic oh god yeah that's oh my god that's so much worse yeah um so again beautiful gowns great gowns the (laughs) we we loved the setting this was like if white lotus and lost had a baby yes yes that's exactly it but also on the white lotus note I find welcoming committees to be inherently really creepy. Yes. I don't want, when I get off of a plane somewhere, like I don't want to be greeted by anything. I want to go to my room and like refresh myself, you know, or immediately get a drink from the bar. Like both. Yeah, not a pre-made cocktail that they made for you based on your preferences. Which every single woman who's (laughs) ever gone out to a bar immediately, I know we all were just like, you just going to hand me a drink that I didn't see made. Okay. Like, mm, or and, and that I didn't order. I know. No, thank you. So, yeah, there were so many red flags in this movie. And I found out, I mean, the ending, chief among them. I found out that this was based on, I mean, I, you know, not just in watching this, but when it was being advertised, everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's based on a graphic novel called Sandcastles. And uh, it's by Pierre Oscar Levy and Friedrich Peters. I'm sure he's, that's not how he said his name. Just put a little spice mm-hmm. on that. Um, I have not read it, but I do know that it has a completely different ending. It's apparently way more nihilistic, which I don't know if that's good or not. Like, I don't know how I feel yeah. about that. And not to jump too far ahead. Like, I actually kind of like the twist. <laughs> of like, of his twist, it's not my least favorite. No, the ending is actually not awful. When I say I'm critical of the ending, I, that I don't know if I like it. There's the other only, reasons. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, I'm going to try to go let's in go. some kind of. Some yeah. kind of order. Yeah. All right. So try. we get the welcoming. So you, they, this family, they're on a vacation. You get the, you get the semblance that there's nothing that, that, you know, it's a little bit rocky between the, uh, the parents. Like I forgot her real name, uh, Prisca's real name, but she was in Phantom Thread. So I immediately yes. was on high alert. I was just like. <laughs> Ma'am. literally my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie <laughs> yeah I'm like ma'am are you gonna somehow poison your husband for fun <laughs> is this what is I this mean kind of <laughs> kind yeah fuck um but yeah you get the family you know 
um they the kids are like oblivious they're like they're little they're like six and like 10 or something like that like just like yeah like six and eight or something super young they don't care they do not know the ways of the world um so they go on they get to this like crazy amazing resort and there's, there's this welcoming committee that like greets them and like they're like oh based on your preferences we've made you some welcome cocktails and they each take a drink and i'm like the one of the lines and you know they're talking they get to their room it's huge it's fancy it's like a you know super fancy resort and he, she's just like can you believe i found this place online i'm like no ma'am no i cannot like how did you just get a good deal on this place because you get the sense that neither of them make a lot of money like she's a muse- museum curator and he works in insurance but like yeah he's an yeah. actuary so i like his whole job yeah. is to which that little through line in the movie killed me <laughs> He, every yes. time, so every time that something was going on, he was like calculating the risk and the cost of it. And I'm just like, wow, you're a barrel of monkeys. Like you're super fun to be around. But all the characters were like that. All the adult characters were defined by their job and how much, and like, yes. you know, just their job because he, the brother would come up to someone and say, mm-hmm. what's your name and what's your occupation? This <laughs> child like, I was like, who took this child to a Applebee's happy hour? Like, he like, so he makes friends with one of the, res- like, there's this kid that's hanging around the resort. You find out that he's um the, I'm just going to call him concierge man. Um, yeah. Dollar store Tim Roth. Um, his, his nephew. Um, he does look Swedish, like dollar store. Dollar store Swedish Tim Roth. Um, so he uh the kid's name is idlib i believe um and he makes friends with him and he's just like oh no like he does the you know little foreboding like oh i don't have any friends but you're gonna leave so you know fuck this type of thing and trent (laughs) the the child uh prisca and guy's child he was just like it's okay my mom will let you facetime sometimes maybe and like you know, you can come visit and then like we can grow older and go to the same college together and then get a house, get an apartment and mortgages. And we can get like, mortgages together. I was like, <laughs> what? Also, full disclosure that that was me as a child. Like I, my parents joke that I was born 30 and I've just been, yeah, aging ever since. So I get it. I do. Right off the bat, we're being introduced to all these characters who are joining them at the resort based on their age and occupation and their name. And God, does this movie run that into the ground? The doctor, everyone calls him doctor instead of his name. And then Christelle, the mom of the other little girl and the wife of the doctor is clearly like an influencer, like mommy blogger. She's got a lot of fillers and Botox, which I feel so bad if this actress doesn't have any of that. I'm sorry. You're. I don't think Abby Lee does. She was in Mad Max. She was one of the mothers. Yeah. So she just looks like that. Damn. She's just got that. She was that. And she looks a lot like some, she has a lot of similar features to Samara weaving. So I have to like go like, wait, is that Samara or, or the one or Abby Lee? And I, you know, Mad Max is, in my top five movies of all time. It's so funny because the psychologist that gets stuck on the island with them immediately starts trying to like therapize everybody. And then the nurse practitioner gets into a fight with a doctor, which is hilarious for anyone else's family who works in medicine. Like, oh, that cracked me up because he was just like, no, no, I'm not nurse. I'm Jaren. <laughs> yeah, I'm Jaren, uh, which what? I'm sorry if that's your name, but I, some of these names in this movie, I was like, I thought of Jaron Hogarth, if anybody has watched Jessica Jones. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought of her, but 
so that would have worked for me if this would have been a satirical movie or like a meta movie, not to, you know, drive it hard to, you know, drive it home too hard. <laughs> uh, but it's not a scream, right? Like this film was supposed to take itself seriously or else I thought. And like the whole movie, they literally, this is one of my biggest issues with the film. So I have a lot of feelings on it. They keep boiling the characters down to such caricatures of themselves. I mean, even the teenage daughter, like, like well, well, I mean, <laughs> when they become a teenager. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a few, I have a few like thoughts on all of that as well. Cause it's like, as she's aging, um, like I, this is something I picked up on my, this is only my second viewing um, was for research for today's episode. But um, one of the things I picked up on was when she's talking to mid-sized sedan. Yes, that is his rapper name. Uh, so she's talking to mid-sized sedan. He, she's talking about, this is her first age progression. So when she goes from being like, like 10 to like being like essentially 16, 17 years old, and um, played by Thomas and McKenzie, who was also in Last Night in Soho. So please go see that movie. Not that it needs my support, but I said it like 10, 15 times on this podcast, but just please go watch it. Anyway, so she's telling him about her dreams and she's talking about like how, oh yeah, my thoughts used to be in colors and they used to be less colors, but they were loud and now I have more colors and they're soft. And I'm like, that's an interesting way to put it. I was like, does she also have, is she like, neurodivergent to like what is going on with her this is what I wanted to spend a second on too because to me that sounds like she might be autistic maybe um, yeah or just only because my friends that I know that are have described similar things but also I obviously thought of um I mean just how a neurodivergent brain processes information anyways you know, anxiety and ADHD can make you remember things a certain way or like remember certain sensations as sounds or colors. Um, yeah. I mean, and there's also the people that can, you know, taste like they associate certain tastes with certain colors and stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought that was just interesting to throw in, just given that everybody else has some kind of physical ailment or and or mental ailment, um, which you find out it's a doctor but um <laughs> essentially you get like you get an introduction to all these people not all of them but some of them like at the breakfast table and then they all get picked to go on an excursion to an exclusive beach that is nearby like a private beach that the resort either owns or has deals with or whatever and this is where you get the m night Shyamalan camel uh, cameo which if you guys have been watching any of his movies you know he likes to pop up at least once or twice he was stanley before stanley um <laughs> The Village uh, is actually my favorite cameo of his too. I love his cameo in The Village. But uh, I like this one because I think this is the most chatty he's been <laughs> in his cameos. He's not just like, I'm just a background guy. Literally so the most actually, he's ever talked in one of his movies. Right? Like, so he was the driver in this one. So he drives them and he just takes them to the edge of like the little parting between the cliffs so that they can just go down. And... uh he takes out the bag and stuff uh, like the they pack them lunch or something for the day or like a couple hours and they're like oh yeah just go he's like just go through these like this little um narrow entryway and then the beach is just around the corner blah blah blah. we'll be back to pick you up in the evening like and then he also says like make sure your passport like everybody had left their passports and stuff in the safe like did you guys leave all your stuff behind da, da, da. um 
and uh th- this is where things start getting suspicious because uh, I forget which character, but one of them was like, "Oh, dog, you're not gonna help us with the bed with the box." And it was guy. Like, no, it was guy. Yeah, yeah, it was guy. He's like, "Can you? We have an old lady, like an older woman, and yeah. like like two, we're all two small children. Men. Yeah, Can and like three help? small children. Yeah, do you mind helping us? That was a huge red flag for me because if you've ever been to one of these resorts, not even in a resort, just like a nicer area, like. They will help you with your bags if you with ask. Literally anywhere. So I'm always like, huh? So we meet the other characters, the doctor, the mom of Kara uh, that he's married to, who's like a mommy influencer, the grandma of Kara. So the doctor's mom. And we've already been with Guy, Prisca, Maddox, and why am I blanking out? on Trent. That's right. Trent. Um, probably cause that's such like an adult name to me. I don't know why. Like, I know that there has to be young trends in order for there to be old trends, but I'm like, why can't I remember his name? The setup for this is that we do see a young woman, you know, flirting with mid-sized sedan, mid-sized sedan. Every time I say his name, I'm going to roll my eyes. I'm just going to call him Brendan. Cause that's his real yeah. name. But though I did laugh. Cause, uh, when he gets recognized by Maddox, uh, guys just like, what's his surname? Sedan. Sedan. <laughs> Um, I was like, this feels, this feels a little boomerish to name a rapper mid-sized sedan and make fun of him. Yeah. But you know, it kind of worked. Yeah. Again, this goes back to my like faults with it is that like there were moments in this movie was so satirical that I like, it felt, and I just watched don't look up again recently. So I was like, (laughs) this is borderline that, uh, God, that was a ride. Um, Anyway, so when they, you know, spot mid-sized sedan, his, uh, he's kind of sitting off to himself and like, he's still waiting on this woman to like come back from her swim. And I think that's the moment for me where I was like, immediately, no, immediately, no, because everything felt off. Like the camera angles started getting tilted instead of straight on. The sun is so bright. It's literally like the lighting in Midsommar. It's yeah blindingly bright they're on this beach and I don't know like it it was this moment of me realizing that like oh they're here with a woman who has seizures because the other couple that meets them on the beach is the psychologist and the nurse practitioner who and the psychologist had the uh seizure at breakfast that morning yeah and then it's an older lady it's Prisca who we know has had some kind of medical something because they've argued about being the movie and then we don't know anyone else that has anything wrong with them until we realize the doctor is like not all there. No. Which, and he's like, eh, yeah. Which, which, I mean, again, it's tough. I mean, we're always going to have feelings about how you show mental health in movies, but they mention at the very end of the movie that he was, um, do they say what type schizophrenic? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Um, it wasn't paranoid. He said something else. No, but it was another was, kind. Yeah, he was very aggressive. He's very confrontational. This whole thing felt a little ableist, like the whole the the bad yeah. guys in the movie, the the medical company who it turns out was using the island to run you know human medical experiments. I and think exploiting for, people that and exploiting yeah. people. I think this whole movie, and we can definitely get a little bit more into the details, but like for me, the whole, this whole movie was what if all this progress we're making is at the sake or the, you know, the sacrifice of (laughs) 
the disabled people that we have to, you know, cut funding for because we're spending it on cures for other things are like, which is a bigger issue, but, but especially when it came to, to like him talking about, we've saved hundreds of thousands of lives, but you've killed, this was what group 73. Yeah. So if you've had nine or eight people in each group times 73, that's how many people you've killed on this Island in order to run your big medical experiment, like eugenics. Hello. (laughs) Like there's your horror movie right there. Because I don't think like as uh, I'm, this is me probably just putting words in M Knight's mouth. I don't think he's on the side of that. But, like, no, I think that negative. was the horror part of thing as well. Like I think that was like the part that like got lost in the sloppy joes of the movie yeah. was like that was the horror, not necessarily them aging. Like that's it's more the horror of like ah. <laughs> well, and and you know we see it in the kids first. All of a sudden the kids start aging a little quicker and we don't see them. We just hear their voices drop an octave, but yeah. they're playing hide and go seek. And Trent finds the dead body of the young woman that floated out, you know, to the ocean. She came back in Brendan's nose starts bleeding. And I didn't, I missed something with that. Like, do they ever explain why his nose was bleeding? He has like a brain condition. I, okay. I heard him say that when he gets uh, a moment alone with Maddox and it's, so it's like, just like one of those, that's why like his time's moving forward. Okay. So like, okay. He's, yeah. God, I felt stupid. I was like, I'm missing something. Cause that's normally how M. Night Shyamalan movies go, right? Like, yeah. But they start arguing because, you know, we found this dead body, blah, blah, blah. And here's where the doctor really started getting under my skin because Mm -hmm. like they keep calling him doctor instead of Charles. And I'm like, what? And then Prisca's like, you can trust me. I'm a museum curator. And I was like, girl, what the I hell? Think what does- she was trying to do it in like that situation. Like she was like, so that you don't think that I'm hysterical and da, 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 yeah. da, that my kids are not okay. And I'm like, it was just absurd. Like it was so it was, absurd. I was like, but it was also happening? like, I guess it was also just a little shining light of like, you know, women have to advocate harder for themselves in medical True. situations. And I get it. Like, when you're hysterical in the moment and you're like trying to put your words together, Lord knows what you'll say. But the dialogue throughout this whole movie is just so clunky. Like again, so heavy handed, so clunky. Everyone talks basically just platitudes. Like the, like Prisca says in the van, like stop wishing away this moment. When, when the kids are like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I'm like, what the hell? And then she goes, I can't wait to hear your singing voice when you're older. <laughs> I mean, which does tie into like one of my only parts of the movie that I felt very heartfelt about, but anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm really handing it to the movie and we're not even like 30 minutes into that. <laughs> well, I mean, the middle of the movie is I think the messiest for me, which is Absolutely. the part that we've like, we're into because like people are cluing in at different points. So like, for example, like when they found the body, the kids are talking to the therapist and the nurse and because you know what, if they're going to be boiled down to their occupations, why can't we do it too? Uh, So they're talking to the therapist and the nurse and like, he's like, oh, let me guess your ages. Like, I'm really good at this. You're six years old. And then he's like, or like you're 12 years old or something. And he's like, no, I'm six. six. And, And then he's like, they're just, they've been traumatized, like blah, blah, they're playing with us. Let's just leave it. And then, you know, and then the mother doesn't, re- you know, you have the absurd revelation of like, oh, the mother doesn't even recognize her own kids and stuff. That so, like, scared you- me. Okay. That was one of the moments that genuinely scared me because 
to not recognize your own child and to not have your parent recognize you. Yeah. Although I love that when they started rapidly aging, yeah. like they were clearly going through puberty yeah. and the mom, Prisca's just like, I have another bathing suit you can put on, but that didn't happen until she was already like 17. Like she yeah. made it from 10 to like 17 before putting on an actual bathing suit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was covered up, but she, but it was a kid's bathing suit. And I was like, so does this just like cover everything? Yeah. Like all the goodies? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that the mother didn't bring like a sexy piece of lingerie to the no. beach, but still, like, uh, woof. Um, then everybody starts aging, like the kids start aging like rapidly, and this is the part where I'm just like, this is a comedy, because like, truly, uh, no, point, truly, yeah, like, oh, so, oh, sorry, the, the Charles's mother dies at some point. Well, she's old, so obviously, if you're gonna age your whole life in a day, she was already like, because the Charles was played by uh, Rufus. Uh, Sewell I don't yeah. know how to pronounce his last name but like amazing British actor um which side note glad that they made the British guy the racist boomer I know <laughs> not easy. the American <laughs> thank you M. Night for our people <laughs> I mean it's a movie not made by for our Indian. people Bob <laughs> it's a movie made by an Indian guy it's yeah. for our people <laughs> yeah god for her people <laughs> so anyway um, the, the mother dies, the dog dies. Then you cut to Kara, uh, who was like, I think like five or yeah. something when this all started up and she's a teenager. And then like her, her and Trent, so the boy and the girl, they're just in like this little tent, Trent in a tent. So they're just lying in there. Um, like they're holding each other, like, which if they were five and six, you know, whatever, that would be the thing to do. But then, um, cut to like 20 minutes later after the adults are still running around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to figure out this whole thing and she's pregnant i was disgusted i was yeah. disgusted and i know that it was an innocent thing because he says it he's like did i do it wrong when, when when guy is like trent like what you guys did is how you make babies and he goes did i do it wrong i lost it i was like oh my god so tocophobia is the fear of being pregnant, like being nine months pregnant and seeing it kick. I know that other people find, I'm going to get dragged for this. I know that other people find that like super sweet and like life is precious, blah, blah. Great. Love that for you. If you want to get pregnant, have children, couldn't be happier for you. I have, you know, I'm the friend's aunt kind of thing, but personally, do you know how like how viscerally scared she was in this movie? This actress, yeah. this young actress is great. She's phenomenal. She um, is. And it made me cringe. I was just like, oh, oh man. Oh God. Like she's going to have this baby right now. And yeah, I mean, in true M night fashion, like he cuts away from it when she's actually giving birth. Yeah. Like he doesn't, that's one thing I'll give this movie. He cuts away from the really gross stuff. Well, as soon as to fast forward a couple of minutes from this birth scene, when Kara starts trying to climb up the rock to escape you know to get out of this part of the island that seems to be aging them so quickly when she yeah. fell I'm so I'm so scarred from um Midsommar I was like not again <laughs> I was like I can't do this again you guys this movie I found a review for this movie while uh making my notes uh and it's from El Mundo from Luis Martinez and he said and this is translated from English to Spanish so y'all forgive me if it's not like 
word for word, but he said, it's as, as brilliant as it is perfectly idiotic. And that's exactly how I felt about this movie. Like when it was good, it was peak, peak M night. But when it was bad, I was like, Hmm, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. It yeah. takes to Bavna, like, <laughs> I still have 40 minutes of this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry for making you go through this, but it fit the theme. Okay. <laughs> no, and there are people we're going to get, I'm sure we'll hear about it. Like there are people that like this movie a lot yeah. and we're not shooting on you guys either. <laughs> no, like I'm sure that there are people who like, this is their favorite, you know, listen, we like malignant. We don't have a lot of legs to stand on. All right. Same. Like, right. Cause like, it is absurd. It is fun. It is all the stuff. Listen to our episode. But if you want more thoughts, cause these, this shit ain't free. It is free guys. It is free. We're not charging you, but <laughs> well, we're, throw, we're literally throwing our opinions out there for free. But point is like, there's movies that I know, I know are hor- like objectively like bad movies that I love. So I'm not going to judge anyone that loves this. Just, we don't. I know. Well, speaking of doing this for free, um, I think now's a good time to take a commercial break. <laughs> yes. We'll be right back with, uh, more free thoughts. <laughs> And we're back. Uh, so yeah, not that we are just going to drag this movie to pieces because we're not. Um, but I will say that the only Kara as a character actually was my favorite, uh, because we do see her go from very innocent, barely out of being a toddler to all the stages of being a teenager. Yeah. To (laughs) pregnant. And then when she dies, she's got to be like, I think there are like late teens at that point. Cause the sister- Late teens are like basically graduated high school. So I feel like they're maybe like 18, 19. Yeah. And then um, Maddox is uh, in, her know, 20s. in her 20s. But yeah, so Kara, Kara just goes through this deep character development that is so sweet. Like she's so, she stays so innocent throughout the whole movie. And she says the only piece of dialogue that I was like, wow, you know, like <laughs> this really connects with me. She says um, all these moments that we're never going to get to have because she's been listing out. She says like, you know, we we're supposed to have prom. We were supposed to have graduation. And she lists off all these milestone moments that when you're a teenager feel like the end of the world, if you don't get to do them. But as an adult, we're like, <laughs> you'll live. And especially for teens and like earlier 20 somethings, I mean, shit, even late 20 somethings speaking, you know, as a recent one uh, right now, I just feel for them, especially the, the teenagers that are still, you know, developing that frontal cortex uh, and trying to make yeah. tough decisions, you know, like COVID has taken away such a traditional, basically like advancement through life. Like it's taken away graduations. It's taken away. Like, oh, I'm going to get my first job and be in an office for the first time or like, which that can be positive and negative. Um, It's just something that takes away anything that feels like a a monumental moment right now. Yeah. And like on a personal note, like, yeah, I as much as frustrated as I am that like COVID took away, like COVID basically hit as I hit my 30s. Like I was barely, 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 barely like 31. Like when, when COVID yeah 2019 yeah 31 I was bare or 32 I don't know I'm old right the fact well not old I feel struggling with how to do the math in the pandemic you guys because 
listen, I don't know yeah. when you're listening to this, but if you're listening to it right when it comes out, we are like fresh on the two year anniversary. So I'm yeah. sure we'll have some kind of like feeling about will that. Probably be either just turning 34 or just about to turn 34 when this episode comes out. Oh my out. gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to me. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, like the pandemic hit right as I like, not to sound cliche, but like, you know, the 30s or your new 20s. And it's totally true. It's like yes. I had my 20s to like kind of muck around at being an adult. And once I hit like, I, not magically when the clock turned midnight when I turned 30, but like, like Cinderella. Yeah. But Except for with, sweatpants and Advil. <laughs> yes. But definitely within that first year, I was hitting my strides as an adult, you know, like Absolutely, truly yeah. like without the insecurity of like your twenties of like, where you have the imposter syndrome of like, wait, am I an adult? I'm technically an adult, but you know, like the fuck you, I do what I want phase is done. And it's, now it's like the, I still do what I want, but I will also have money in the bank while I do said things. And <laughs> right. You know, but point is like, I still had a job. I still could get a job. Like I still had like, like I didn't have to sacrifice pivotal points in my development in terms of like, you know, leaving high school or, you know, transitioning into adulthood and all this kind of stuff. And that's all happening over Zoom for kids. And I think too, like you said, the horror of this movie leans more toward the medical side of things, but also- there are so many horror movies where death comes for us all is like either literally in the copy for like the advertisements or is the underlying theme of it. Yeah. But it's a days and weeks thing. And this is a, <laughs> what is, what is a guy figure out? Isn't it like every two minutes is three years or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Cause there, he makes a joke. Uh, Prisco makes a joke at one point. It's like, Oh, we just aged or so. No. I'm, um, Maddox makes a joke later and when Trent holds her face it's like we just aged I think it was like uh three years or something yeah in the time in 10 that seconds. My face yeah yeah it was something crazy like that and again I think with a, a heavy-handed aspect of this movie was that like what to do with the time we have left um because that part of the movie after everyone else had died was really the only part that felt very cohesive it felt like its own separate little thing you know like mm -hmm. the moment where they're holding each other on the beach and I'm I'm very close to my brother and and it definitely struck a chord with me but yeah. it was they were like we're gonna die soon and he goes well do you want to make a sandcastle and I was <laughs> like oh my god like very I, I know yeah no I like their I liked their friendship as well like I'm not as close to my brothers as like those two are because there are three of us so there was at least like enough of us to bounce <laughs> off each other we had a spare it's like one of us wasn't talking to one then we just kind of bounce off to the other one y'all pull in the it's Voldemort no <laughs> kill the spare kill the spare no 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 we enjoy the spare we like having the spare we, we like, like that there's three of us we like outnumbering our parents there you go <laughs> but um but I'm still, uh, you know, it's, it was really sweet. Like at one point, I think somebody, one of them asked Trent, like, oh, who's your best friend? And he says Maddox. And I'm like, oh, my heart. My I heart. know they were so sweet. And so that the, you know, the moments between them were really nice. But right before this, I do want to go back for a second because we talked yeah. about this at the beginning, the body horror of Crystal when she's in the cave, because I wondered yeah. why she was so obsessed with like calcium drinks at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, but I, th I yes. thought it was. Just you thought it was like her just being like an influencer type yes. thing. I was like, oh, she's just a typical like high strung 
you know, momager who is trying to like stage this whole beautiful vacation, like only wants juice for breakfast. Although she yeah, like she'll ordering. say things like, oh, we should have gotten the yacht. Yeah. And then she tells Kara, she's like, sit up straight, honey, or you'll get hunched over when you're old. And that's not attractive. And I was like, oh, okay. That sounded personal. But in the cave, I mean, she goes like full gray gardens. She's like, don't look at me. <laughs> and I mean, listen, I don't keep it a secret that I grew up with an eating disorder. And I was like, wow, there's definitely been days where I could have related to that. Like I, when she's <laughs> oh, like, no. she's like, don't look at me. And they're like, she's like trying to crawl away from them, but she keeps breaking these bones in her body. Yeah. Oh, like her little telephone wire, uh, the old school telephone cord, you know, yep. that's what her limbs looked like. Huh. <laughs> I know it was, oh God, just bleh. no, thank you. The movie moves pretty quickly after that, I believe. Like she, oh, it's crazy. I fast. forget how she dies, but she dies. She is trying is just... to lift up. She tries to like lift up a rock in the cave, and mm-hmm. like breaks her back, and like it just keeps he- like she's trying to crawl. healing like horribly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right, because it was that horrible like crunch, crunch. It was crunch. awful. I was listen. I was trying to eat dinner while I watched this, <laughs> and I was like, why do I keep doing this to myself? But. It moves at like a super quick pace after that because the kids start visibly aging into adulthood. And I thought that that was a really good parallel for how fast, like time's relative, right? Like there was just so much in this movie where I was like, wow, this is so pertinent to the pandemic, but especially the thing about time. I mean, again, time being relative and the older you get, you know, the faster time seems to go by because it's instead of being one-tenth of your life, like a year becomes one-thirtieth of your life and like, you know, one-fortieth or whatever of your life. But yeah, I could get real esoteric with that. I- <laughs> That's like in season one of The Good Place when the bad place demons come and visit and she's like, you're snorting the concept of time. And they're like, yeah, it'll get you real fucked up. And I, <laughs> I was like, wow, can relate. So at that point, they, you know, they argue with the doctor and Prisca cuts the doctor with one of the rusted knives that's on the beach from all the other picnickers. And I hollered when she was like, it's a rust, rust will poison your blood. And she's like holding her. (laughs) I wish you guys could see the motion I'm doing. She's like jabbing him with this rusty knife. Well, do not want, uh, uh, I'm just, all I can think of is tetanus. (laughs) So she's jabbing him with the rusty knife. They're all fighting and they're like embroiled in this like, uh, oh wait, no, did we get to that part? Yeah, they're all, so Charles is like going full-blown villain origin story on his own little corner of the island or the beach or whatever the fuck. Full Lord of the Flies, uh, full Lord full, of the Flies. Like his schizophrenia or uh, racism or whatever <laughs> is making full form. Okay, that's why I wanted to say the thing about schizophrenia earlier because I was like, <laughs> I know people diagnosed with schizophrenia and they're not blatantly racist like that. You know, like I've never oh, heard no. them like Doctor pop was off. definitely just racist. <laughs> yeah. He was like, and I was like, at least blame it on like Tourette's, my dude. Like, which isn't a great excuse either because you can have I Tourette's. Think just, I think, and I just wanted to blame it on being English. Which is great. We love that. <laughs> yeah. Colonialism. <laughs> but he stabs uh, Jaren. He's like, you're the, he gets paranoid. He's like, you know, you're the guy that we see in our, neighborhood who broke it who tried to break into our house 
And he yeah. just starts going to town on Jiren. And so this is where I, this is another like sloppy detail. And tell me if I like miss something. Mm-hmm. It ages you, but it also heals you. Cause like when they do, yeah. when they get the tumor out of her, like they have yeah. to hold her. This was so gross, y'all. This was the yeah, best body was... horror I've seen in a long time. When they're holding her um, uh, incision open and then mm-hmm. he's like, it's closing around my fingers. And I was like, oh God, oh God. No, thank you. Do not want. <laughs> I'm going to make that my ringtone now. Oh God. No, thank you. Do not Do not want. want. Um, I don't know. Did I miss something? He, like I, yeah. He mentioned he stabbed mid-sized sedan to death eventually. Yeah. Um, which yeah. And shocker. Then, <laughs> shocker. Uh, meanwhile, the adults. Uh, did, yeah. Jaron swims out. He can't swim back because that was the whole point as well. It's like they had the caves. Yeah. He can't go in because of the intracranial pressure. So, Jaron, uh, not Hogarth, swims out. <laughs> Nurse Jaron. Nurse Jaron washes up. Everyone's like, ah, like shit yeah then therapist lady's just like i'm gonna use these floaties to leave and then she has a seat this is all this is very and then there were none but on a beach right and maybe less racist um that's people <laughs> well i mean the title was pretty racist yeah so um but we're not an agatha christie pod yet um <laughs> maybe one day Maybe. Uh, God knows I'd love to go. I'd love to forget a whole day of my life for how many, or was it a weekend that she was missing? Whatever. A weekend. Listen, a weekend, yeah. heart. Christ on the cross. <laughs> she was going through a tough time, okay? Her husband I know. Was an asshole. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, therapist lady has her seizure, um, which she does not re- rebound from this time, unfortunately. Um, I guess well, because age and... The, yeah, the rocks made her, that's aging them so quickly. She had like, all of her seizures that she would have had in a lifetime, she had them all at once. Yeah. Which is basically. so scary. Like, again, that this is, is the part scary. of the movie that actually scared me. That, if I were her, that would have been the first thing when I realized everyone was aging would have freaked me the fuck out. Cause I would have been like, cause I, I have diabetes. So I yeah. have timed medication I have to take. So if as soon as I realized that, wait, I'm aging or we're all aging faster, I'd be like, why am I not dead? Or why have yeah. I not experienced symptoms of something? Because if I'm being aged, that means my, um, condition is being aged as well. And therefore I should have taken a dose five years ago like you know what I yeah. mean um that would have been the first thing that would have freaked me out if I were her would have been like wait a minute where's my medication do you know what just clicked for me now what? I feel dumb now I feel dumb the elixirs they gave them were healing yeah yeah I'm a that's what they were that's what they were um testing out they that's were testing why they the serum the they were yeah. testing the serum I knew for- that like educate like like in my notes in the movie, I have, cause I just watched this last night. I understood that, but it just yeah. clicked with me looking back at my notes. Wow. Okay. You guys yes. just got to hear me have a revelation live. <laughs> I promise. I didn't even check my phone during this movie, which I'm like snaps to me because y'all yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, ADHD. It's real. Uh, yeah. So that would have been the first thing that would have clicked for me would have been like, yo my medication though why haven't i had a seizure in these many days <laughs> or these many hours hmm, weird but uh so yeah so she dies and then i believe after her it's only guy uh prisca and their family and yeah. then charles who again has gone full-on 
whatever the fuck. At his corner, he comes after them with the knife and starts stabbing at Guy. Oh, Guy has now, Friska is now deaf in one ear, and Guy, I believe, is just getting like his, like a mild form of dementia. Yeah, he forgets why they were fighting, which broke my heart. Yeah, oh, there was one scene that they had, like, Prisca and Guy on the beach, like, somewhere in the middle of this mess, where, like, he was just like, I saw your messages, like, he says romantic things, I don't say romantic things, like, I get it, and I was just like, I know, and I, I figured, I know, especially Gail, um, as portrayed by him, I should say, that's such a trope in horror movies, too, of, like, in any movie, but especially in horror of, like, the parents are trying to make it work for the kids kind of thing, but like they've given up. Literally, there were so many moments of this where I was like, God, like, and this has no shade to the CW because I enjoy many of their shows, but this really could have been a CW show in terms of the emotion. Yeah, it really could have. I would have loved to explore, to have explored more of these characters' backstories because the problem isn't even the characters. I liked all the characters. I wanted oh, yeah. to know more about all these characters and all the throwaways they were giving. Like, M. Night did a good job of building the intrigue or, like, mm-hmm. giving us a reason why to give somewhat of a shit, somewhat of a shit about these characters. Maybe not as complete of a shit about these characters, but as we would have liked. But, you know, it's not like I didn't care. I did. I did care about the characters. I did want them to survive. And it, at some point, it ended up being more of, like, a, okay, well, who's going to live? How are they going to get off this beach? Are they just going to perish on the beach? What's going on? Yeah, and this movie was only an hour and like 48 minutes long. So it could have yeah. had maybe 10 more minutes to give it that nice, even, you know, two hour mark. Yeah. Maybe that would have helped flush out some of that because I wanted to see more of the pre island other couples and families. Yeah, um, not just the main family. Mm-hmm. Even if we just got like a little snippet or something, you know, like, yeah, I just some kind of flashback. But when we realized Prisca's gone, they, they, you know, everybody else is dead. They're on the island now. It's, it's night. And they, kids realize, Trent and Maddox realize like, hey, our parents are not going to be here in a couple minutes, not even hours, like minutes yeah. at this point, because they're so Oh, old. they end up stabbing Charles to death. Yes. And that's when the rusty knife that made me laugh so much. Yeah. And it cracks like, me up. That's because it's old people. That's what made it so me funny. Laugh. I was like, am I supposed to be laughing at this? It looks like ra- bad grandpa. Like I was like, because it was just like, no, I'll protect you. <laughs> yeah. And he rusted from the inside out like the damn tin man. He literally started like doing the robot. And I was like, I'm going to lose it. Like, oh, because I don't of know. all the tetanus. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that like medically, that's probably what it would look like. It had to have been because again, had, but Shyamalan, it would have been like slower and progressed over yeah, like a couple like, of days. And in my Shyamalan, like we said, great on details. Like, I'm sure that's what it would have looked like. Just progressed. But yeah. holy shit, did it make me laugh? I was like, why is this man busting a move? And then he just like, fa- he gets really stiff and then like falls over. Yeah. So he looks like a fainting goat. And I was just like, what? And then he's like twitching. And I don't know if the body horror of this, again, very scary. It actually yeah. scared me. Because it cracked me the fuck up. I can't, I can't, I can't lie. We're all dying, <laughs> just some faster than others. That's like the theme of this whole movie. Yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> But the the parents don't last the night. They they pass. And then the next day you cut to it's just Maddox and Trent and they're adults. And she's played by Embeth Davids, better known to most of us millennials as Miss Honey. Well, I literally went oh, when she came on screen. I, 
I, cause I didn't look up anything else outside this movie. I saw the one trailer and they don't mm-hmm. show her in the trailer that I saw at least. Yeah. And so I didn't know, I didn't know. And, and I just like, oh my God, Bobna, Miss Honey. Like, <laughs> Miss Honey had abs. At one point they like chilled she in the water. Kind. I was just like, I, I know. Like, Honey does not skip like core day. Core day. Yeah. She looked great. Um, and that's when they say my favorite line about like, do you want to build a sand? She's like, we have about 13 hours left. And he's like, do you want to build a sand castle while we wait? And I was yeah. just like, damn. So to my understanding, that comment is from the original uh, sand castles. Yeah, because obviously sand castle. Build a sand castle. Right. Yeah. That is more of the tone of the original source material from what I've gathered because it has a nihilistic ending. Yeah. You see, while they're building their sandcastles, they're just talking and uh, Trent and Idlib, who became friends, if you remember our little friend Idlib, who has the best frowny face ever. Like his he, frowny is just so exaggerated. He does the Florence it. Pugh frown and it's adorable. He, uh, him and Trent were trading like little, you know, notes to decipher as pretty much every child that I, at least I know of did something like that at that age. Like I was, I grew up with Encyclopedia Brown and Harriet the Spy and girl, you know, Nancy Drew, all that good stuff. Who, uh, who didn't decode stuff? Like, oh, I thought I was Harriet. I thought right. I was Harriet the Spy. Like what chokehold did being a spy have on us as children? Was it Carmen right. San Diego? Did it Carmen start there? San Diego. Yeah, I think so. Carmen San Diego. Okay. And then like, you know what? A little controversial take. I'd say Magic School Bus to a degree. You're not wrong, actually. You know what my favorite yeah. episode of Magic School Bus is, by the way? That one with is the music. The no, well, that's cute too. But the one with the music at the haunted house, or they think it's haunted, but it's the vibrations yes. of the sound. Listen, yeah. that blew six-year-old me's mind. Hi, hi, I was hi, like, wow. When I say I haven't seen that episode in 20 years, I mean, I haven't seen that episode in 20 years, but I could still. At least 20 years, at least 20 years. Oh my God. You just uh, had a miserable moment, guys. You're welcome. Well, where were we even going with this? We were talking about spies in the nineties. I grew up with, oh yeah, the secret decoding stuff. My favorite was the, and I learned this from a book, which in it, there was a page where you could learn how to make secret messages. And it was literally just the lemon trick where you oh, take oh, lemon with the invisible juice ink. Yeah. And with the invisible ink and you just write it out with like a toothpick or something and then you just burn it or hold it over like a candle and then the message will appear. So that was my favorite. Anyway, these two kids had that stuff and Trent goes, bloop, I remembered I had a message from him. I, we thought we were so cool. Like, and uh, Maddox is like, well, why don't you go and decipher it? And I'm going like, I know it's been a day, kid. You could have done this a while ago. <laughs> I literally said, where was this the whole movie? And right. I know that you have to build conflict. I know it, but I yeah. could have done with them dealing with the aging and the figuring this shit out at the same time. So he figures it out and it says, my uncle doesn't like the coral and all the light bulbs are going off in these kids' heads because like originally one of he, a Trent was like, well, why don't we try and build like a metal tube or if we had something to like protect us from the outside, essentially a barrier, blah, blah, blah. So he goes, maybe the coral is our metal tube. Yeah. And then uh, the, which I don't think we mentioned, but there's, they were being observed the entire time by a medical team, which ends up being M. Night Shyamalan who's observing them. Cause there's a few points in the movie where like, people are like, that's a camera or like, that's a reflection up on the, on the cliff. They keep um, saying like, oh, I saw something shiny. And, and I was like, oh, are they hallucinating? Like 
because of the rocks. This is, again, this is that moment where I was like, I'm overthinking this. Turns out I was underthinking this the entire move. (laughs) So anyway, they're swimming through the coral and we realize they're being observed. Yeah, they're being observed and it cuts to the person observing them, which is M. Night and his chattiest cameo ever. (laughs) I was like, okay, you know, uh, final two subjects deceased, trial like 73 has like ended, blah, 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 coming back to base. And we're like, really? This was the, I, to quote to quote robot ro, to quote robot chicken. What a twist! I literally thought that was gonna be the end of the movie, and I was ready to riot. I was texting you like that gif of Kermit <laughs> typing on the typewriter. Yeah. I was like, I paid six dollars for this. I rented this for yeah. five ninety nine. Like I yeah. was so mad, y'all. I was he, Ted. <laughs> yes, but it didn't end there. Thank God. <laughs> This was a satisfying ending. This is probably one of the most satisfying yeah. M. Night endings of any movie. And that's why it will not be on my shit list. So Fair. Uh, uh, there are worse movies I've seen and way less satisfying endings I've seen in my life. So I am not going to put this movie on the shit list for that. The ending was fucking great. So <laughs> um, he goes back to base. You find, we then find out that like everybody on the island, island is in on this, that it's just a research base essentially for uh, a medical company. And you see, they have like a specimen of the rock back there. There's a whole bunch of scientists and stuff. Like it's all, it's all like science but make it feel just pictured <laughs> when you said specimen of the rock. I know you were talking about the rock on the island. Did you I think of Dwayne? Yes. I just pictured a teeny tiny little, the rock, like him as his wrestler self, but like teeny, like Polly pocket sized with the, yeah. (laughs) I would buy a A Polly the rock Johnson, Polly pocket. Listen, um, this has nothing to do with anything else, but, uh, needful things. Uh, oh my gosh. What's his Instagram name? He makes like horror toys, but they're like one-offs. They're not for sale. Oh, okay. He made a a psycho poly pocket. Like it's a rock that says a psycho. And when you open it up, it's like the Bates motel and like, um, the house and the hill anyways, anyways, yes. Back to the lab. It's got a sample of the rock on the Island, not Dwayne, the rock Johnson. <laughs> yes. And it's got all these scientists and they're all like, you know, oof, like the last, uh, M night comes in with his stuff and he's just like, here you go. Here's your samples and stuff. And they're like sad. And I'm like, Oh, they have hearts. Um, <laughs> cause it was feeling real, uh, Lord of the flies to me, you know, yeah. I just, which hmm. if you like Lord of the flies, watch yellow jackets instead. Amen. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Well, we are a stand account. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. But, uh, you find out that like this is when the little realization hits like oh shit like that cocktail probably had some testing shit in there blah 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 and that so dollar store swedish jim roth comes back and he's like hey guys this wasn't in vain like yeah you know like this trial's completed but we figured like we actually had a breakthrough it's great and i'm like what at that point i'm so distraught like at least the first time i watched it i was so like through the ringer um my my poor friend christina too we were like on the edge of our seats like what he goes oh i'm like what positive could come out of this and there and then it's the seizure lady uh, the therapist. So whatever oh, yeah. cocktail they gave her was the exact right amount. So according to the time calculations, it was 16 and a bit years since her last seizure. So basically that medication essentially cured her seizures because you only need a dose every 16 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Years. When this movie had come out, it was uh, like we said, July, 2021. So this was just after I was maybe fully vaccinated for like, I want to say a month same. at that point. Yeah. Same. So 
I don't even want to call it discourse, but you know, all of that nonsense was that a fever pitch yeah. uh, on the internet with people I know or people I used to know now and like <laughs> other stuff to watch this in the context of the pandemic, like was very like, ah, fuck. This is like well, that's fuel was, for the fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was like really torn because I was like, okay, is this some kind of meditation on like big pharma? Like, is this like, oh, big pharma bad? And there, yes, the the healthcare industry is incredibly screwed up in so many countries. Like pharmaceuticals are a shady ass business. Absolutely. But on the other yeah. hand, I'm friends with lots of people and related to lots of people whose various medications keep them alive. Like it's like me, my medications keep me alive. Right. Thank God for insulin. Like, yeah, right. It's like, and it's like, it's not just, and I don't take these and go like, okay, whatever. I'm just taking them like, you know, but I'm like, I trust my doctors. Um, you know, like I trust my side effects. I'm very diligent about that. Like I keep track of like, I'm like, okay, what are the side effects of this medication? Like, how does this affect me? Blah, 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 blah. And I know that like these weren't developed in a bubble, you know? Like, I know that there's probably a lot of trial and error. And like, especially if anybody like, um, knows the story of some of these drugs, like, you know, yeah. that, that we all have today. Like a lot of it started out this way. And like, I feel like we just never lived through all of those times all. And during that time, a lot of this stuff wasn't publicized as much as it is now. Like there weren't as many federal regulations. There weren't as many like reports, documents, things that had to be made available to the public. So like, I feel like this is the uh, sorry guys we're going down this road I guess um this like this is the first time we're all living through it we're all kind of stumbling through it but like with a more in more of the public eye and yes that's where things get open like just because you're privy to this information doesn't mean you're an expert on it yeah and you know too so many people have said like oh the vaccine was rushed when in reality it's based it had on been science. worked on yeah yeah it had been worked on way before this because covid <laughs> was a thing before 2020 and 2019. COVID was a family of SARS, in the same family as SARS. And right. what did we all have that outbreak of back in 2003? Right. God, I remember that. And just being so freaked out then too. Yeah, but thankfully I was a kid, so I didn't have to worry about too yeah. much. Yeah, you know, this whole thing, again, I think it's kind of a look back on like what we're willing to sacrifice for progress. And it's so funny because I know some anti-vaxxers somewhere are like going crazy about this movie. They're like, yeah, see, like it's a message. And I'm just like, that's, I don't think it was that kind of message. And I'm not trying to put words in his no. mouth either, but to my No, knowledge, I don't think so. Cause I'm pretty sure he had, a, given the timing of this movie came out, pretty sure everything was already approved before the pandemic. So like, yes. I, I'm, I'm very positive that none of this is like a message from a coded message from him or whatever <laughs> QAnon nonsense you want to use. But like, like I said, back uh, near the beginning was like, I think that this is the horror part of yes the movie could not so much that, Oh my God, they use these people as a free trial. And like, you know, they have no heart. A 24 hour so, free trial. <laughs> it's more so like, this is behind the scenes y'all. Like, yeah that's the part that's the horror to me. It's like, it's like you guys have this and it's not like a controlled people aren't consenting. It's the non-consent. That's the horror to me. Yes. That's the part to me that makes it the scary part that it's like, okay. Uh, Cause it would be different if I, I did like, if I was like, okay, somebody was like, Hey, we could probably 
cure your uh, your PCOS completely, like no symptoms, nothing, and revert you back to like picture perfect health. But all you got to do is go to this island and you got to sign all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And like, these are the the risks and this and that and the other thing. I'd be like, fuck it. All right, let's go, you know? <laughs> right. But like, this was a mother, fine. Prisca was resigned to die. Yeah, she didn't want to have of, surgery. Yeah. Yeah, she was resigned to die. She's different. But what did the epileptic therapist do you know what did uh the schizophrenic doctor look like he didn't really want this to be public knowledge yeah so i feel like he didn't really choose crystal might have chosen this yeah i feel I like of say, all the characters yeah because she was the most vain one but her disease was the one that was going to affect her outwardly the fastest with her having yeah. osteoporosis so yeah so young too that hinted at a couple of other problems to me you know yeah, you mean like if she had other issues as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that's like usually when you get it. to a bunch of other things. Yeah. And, you know, I think what you just said is so right, because to me, it made me think of the Tuskegee Airmen experiment. Like, oh, yeah, Tuskegee experiment in general. That was my first thought. And then there's yep. been history in the United States and all across the world of forced sterilization, where women are told yeah. you're going to get X, Y, and Z, you know, gynecological care but it actually makes them sterile. I forget the name of it, but there was a huge one that the United States, I believe, did in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. and left like essentially almost an entire generation of uh, uterus bearing people. Yeah, that's so, oh my God, I can't even think about that right now. Like it's so, to me, that was like you said, exactly what this movie wound up being so scary about. (laughs) Yeah, that's the part that scared me was the non-consent in the trials, which I I hope, I mean, I haven't read any interviews or seen any interviews or by M. Night for this or any of the publicity. Uh, There wasn't much, but I haven't seen any quotes or anything, but like, I feel like maybe that's what he was angling for. Like, maybe maybe not that specifically, but like that vibe of like, be careful what you like sign up for or like, be careful what you wish for. Vacation is not just a vacation. (laughs) Jesus. You could be signing up for medical trials. Um, but you brought up a good point. The first thing I thought of was the Tuskegee, was it syphilis? Yeah, yeah. it was syphilis that they injected. Yeah, and you guys should look that up. There's a there's a few good uh, podcasts out there actually on it if you don't want to read. I think Behind the Bastards. Uh, yeah. No, uh, Behind the Bastards did one, but also um, You're Wrong About. Yes. Did a and great series on it. Stuff You Should Know has done episodes on, like that whole family of podcasts has done uh, has done a bunch so there's a lot yeah. out there which is also the yikes point of this movie where it's like like you said this is probably you know fuel to the fire for a lot of people who think a certain way about certain medical things that are going on in the world right now but anyway you find out that yes this epileptic uh, the epileptic cocktail thing that they came up with for her was perfect and like they're going to now market it and sell it and then you cut to them welcoming another family. They're like, oh yeah, he's a great like candidate, blah, 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 blah. And you he actually get this. Was, yeah. Yeah. He had MS. And then this is where you get a really good, this was a really good line by one of the scientists. Um, he was like, I think we should really separate our patients with the mental issues from the ones with the physical issues. Cause look at what happened. Like Sedan shouldn't have been stabbed to death. So they're welcoming this, the welcoming committees out. And now, you know, it's a sinister welcome committee and not just a vibe and the drink gets knocked down. They're like, it's okay. We'll just make another one for the, the couple. And he's just like, I wouldn't drink anything that they give you here. And you find out that Trenton Maddox survived. Yeah. Um, 
and they're just like get fucked they find the cop because i guess this is why they went around and asked everybody like what, what are they're... like who are you and what do you do and uh <laughs> they find the cop and they're like here's like a dirt diary that we were keeping of everything while we were gone for the day basically it's like i'm trying like they're trying to be like i'm we were the kids they find the beginning of that diary um buried in the sand remember it's all the yes. stuff from it's people all the that were there before them yeah so someone yeah. that was there before them and one of the experiment groups had kept that diary of like here's an address book of everyone they've put through this experiment and that is when i said oh shit out loud when they gave it to the cop that was like and the cops going through it like because you know he wouldn't have believed them like he would have no. been like okay who the fuck are you like you're not that <laughs> kick kid. rocks like chaos mode is beginning because yeah. everyone's like oh. and um idlib comes by and like sees the paper the decoding paper and realizes like oh shit <laughs> it's my friend because that poor kid he was like resigned to know that he probably didn't know obviously the extent of things but he knew that they go away and they never come back yeah, because his uncle tells him right before this that like, here's the kids, you know, you can play with. I'll tell you who you can play with. And God, that was so sinister. Right. So sinister. I was like, the fuck? Um, so you get that moment and then you get like, you know, that's when like stuff's actually like starting to wrap up. So like, you know, cops are coming. They're going to get them shut down, blah, blah, blah. They end, uh finally you end up with this helicopter scene because they're being flown out. And the kid's aunt is waiting for them at the airport. Um, and the cop asks them, like, hey, you know, how are you guys dealing with this? Like, how's your aunt taking it? And he was like, how would you feel if, you're fi- if your your six-year-old nephew was calling you as a 50-year-old man? <laughs> Not great, Bob. Not great. And uh, that's what you missed on Lost last week, you guys. <laughs> Where were my polar bear monsters? And my I mean, smoke monster. <laughs> I want you to go first with your closing thoughts because I have a I have a couple more closing thoughts, but they'll they're short. Fair. Um, my closing thoughts basically are this isn't the worst M. Night Shyamalan movie I've seen. Um, I feel like he got a few things right, but not enough things right for it to be a great film. Like there were a lot of sloppy moments. I feel like um the middle could have been a little more structured. Mm, um yes. a little more structured. Uh or maybe shave a character or two off. Like maybe not have as many people on the beach. Interesting. Um, okay. I mean, like maybe not have as many, like maybe make the family smaller or something like that. Not so much to speed it up, but um, less like he's got this condition and she's got that condition and he's got this condition. And it like took away, I think a little bit from like the overall thing. Like, I mean, yeah, he killed off the grandmother and the dog pretty quick. So like you got rid of like, those two but like everybody else was pretty much around for the long haul but even then like I'm fine with it the way it is because I mean again it's not his greatest work which sorry I'm not I know you're my people but <laughs> gotta look out for the diaspora <laughs> <laughs> making uh Indo-North Americans proud since the late 90s um he actually got bruce willis to show up to advertise for the film good job good job buddy uh, good job for his own movies basically i'm like i really like the twist and that was essentially the thing i liked the most i thought the cast was super beefy for this film and <laughs> i feel like they signed up based on like i guess his reputation or something yeah but if this is like 
his quote unquote not comeback but like if this is him trying to pivot back into the horror sphere because I know he took like a bit of a break from his normal kind of movies like I would I would rate this as one of his his usual type of movies and then like because mm-hmm. he took a break to do the sequels to Unbreakable right he did yeah. uh Split and Glass so I like I feel like this is like pivot back to like you know back to your uh previously scheduled programming um <laughs> not bad I would love to see some more from him like I want to see what he's seen next like this isn't going to yeah. stop me from watching his movies going forward or being excited for them but I can definitely say like eh, skip it if you if you're not really feeling it or you're not really attached to anybody in this movie, skip it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have stood up for this man in multiple conversations. And then I saw this movie and I was like, wow, never mind. Um, not that extreme, but uh, I will go see whatever he does next. Um, I'm always interested, but this really could have done well as a mini series, even though this is already a short film. I say short hour and 48, you know. Hey man, some of these movies want me sitting there for two and a half hours. I'm like, I can't be committed to being scared for that long. No, the the stress level's too high. You know, weirdly, I think that this concept of a beach would be really good for people who are, who have suicidal tendencies. I can't speak for, you know, that's not a blanket statement by any means, but to maybe realize that you only have X amount of hours left. Like if you truly felt relief from that versus- Oh shitness. Um, cause I, I mean, I think that's, you know, a trigger warning for discussion of detailed aftermath of suicide, not physical, but mental. If you survive, um, from an attempt, I know a lot of people said that as soon as they jumped off the bridge, for example, they regretted it. Or as soon as they woke up mm. when they realized they had swallowed too many pills and it, the side effects kicked in, they regretted it, you know, and maybe, and that's not going to work for everybody. You know, like, I don't want to be uh, ableists. And I definitely don't want to be, um, I don't want to minimize any sort of mental health at all, but yeah, it, it was a little heavy handed on the message of the old quote. That's like, you know, life is short, but sweet for certain. Like it's, I think we can appreciate life without having to confront our mortality in 30 minutes or less. Like it's a little Caesar's hot and ready pizza. (laughs) Um, I just, sorry, now I'm hungry. Yeah, no, me too. I agree with you. This is not his worst. It's absolutely nowhere near his best. That's the village. Y'all can fight me on it. Um, no, village. And then um, I will always be a sixth sense stand after that. Right. Exactly. And I'm, again, I'm excited for what he does next, but this movie, and you could honestly probably skip, like watch a YouTube video about the first 20 to 30 minutes and jump straight to about the midway mark and get more out of it, in my opinion, which is, you know, not the goal as a filmmaker, I know, but. Or just it's watch just it stoned. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Watch it stoned, you guys. That's my hot take. Watch it stoned. That about wraps this ridiculous movie up. <laughs> um, we appreciate you guys starting some fun in the sun with us this month. Don't forget, you can like and follow and subscribe and leave us a rating and review, please, on iTunes and Spotify. And if you don't like today's episode, send it in a bubble. You can find us anywhere on social media as at Bloody Broads Pod, as well as on Anchor as anchor.fm slash bloody dash broads. And uh, until next time. That's uh, that's us. Bye, guys. Bye.